So before we get into the notes, I'd like to hear from you guys and some thoughts that you have for tonight and the reading. We had chapters nine and uh, eight and nine. Chapter eight and nine, different choices, different attitudes and actions. Um, particular, I'm interested in something in question. Uh, let's see. Um, well, we'll get to that, but uh, thoughts that you guys had from the reading from chapter 8 and chapter 9. Yes, Cavino. Uh, the idea in uh, chapter 8 about how I must challenge the wrong choices of others. Okay. I'm often tempted to think, well, I'm good. I make a dumb decision, but yeah, I'm, I'm good. But right. If, if I'm leading, mm-hmm. it's, it's my job to call out their bad decisions. So when you say if you're leading, do you mean if you are in charge? Well, not even that, but if I'm, if I'm being a godly influence yeah. on uh, wrong, wrong choices, wrong actions. Yeah. I, because I'm not acting, it's basically giving approval of what they're doing. Definitely. I think that's something they, they talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. When you don't speak up, you're, 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 you're on one side of the issue. Yep. Yeah, so silence is is basically is conceding that hey, I'm good. I'm I'm good with what you're doing, right? Um, and so I, I appreciate the clarification there because whether you're a leader or not, whether you're the person in charge of the group or not, you are leading, right? We said leadership is what influence, right? So all of us are influence influencing everyone around us every single day. So all of us are leading to some degree. Um, and when there's something that's taking place that should not be happening, which, I mean, how many times has this kind of thing happened, um, you know, in, in our culture, in our society today? I mean, uh, you think about like, I mean, I hate to take it to like an extreme, but like gang rape and things like that that take place. Um, that kind of th- thing doesn't happen uh, if one person is willing to stand up and say, guys, like, we can't do this. This is wrong, you know. Um, and you might face the music on that. Like if that, if you're the, if you're willing to be the person to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to stand for this. then you might, you know, that there might be consequences for, for doing that and standing up for what's right, but it's the right thing to do. Um, you know, but people aren't willing to do that. You know, everybody's willing to just go, go with the flow and go, Hey, whatever everybody else is doing. Um, nobody's willing to stand up for the, for, for what's right. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's a really, that's not, it's a very neglected thing in, in in leadership and in your just day-to-day settings. I think that people are just not nobody's willing to stand up and and say no, we can't we can't do this and to call out wrong when they see it. So, good. What else? something she'd like to say in a minute but maybe somebody else while she finds it maybe somebody else go while she finds it cadence what stuck out to you well you have it as the first thing on the sheet mm. but just every choice you make does impact your life yeah uh the joy the just two choices on the shelf pleasing god or pleasing soul it's a nice little ditty Little little rhyme there. It's it's very memorable, right? Um, as I was thinking about this and reading the chapter, I was thinking about my own kids and 
even in the, in the context of the illustration that he gives with his boys uh, fighting over a chair. I mean, that kind of stuff happens at my house virtually every single day. Uh, and I'm sure it's happened probably in most of your houses on a fairly regular basis, at least, uh, at least when you guys were younger, that, you know, disagreements, uh, fights, quarrels, issues arise. And uh, I'm sure not Hudson, obviously, but everybody else, you know, there's, I'm sure Hudson would never fight with a sibling. Let's not be, let's, let's be serious. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, it happens, it happens in all of our homes and even thinking about, okay, this, you know, this is a really good thing that I need to be, this is something I need to be teaching my children that right now, the decision you are making, you have, there's just two choices. That's it. You can either please God with what you're doing and your actions, or you can please yourself. And something like I struggle with that. Sometimes I struggle to enunciate because like with my, my six-year-old son, you know, who doesn't get what he wants and, and throws a fit of some kind, you know, I'm not talking about like a full fledged temper tantrum necessarily, but just, you know, he expresses irritation, you know, the way that six-year-olds express irritation and huffs and, and, and maybe does cry or, or whine or whatever, um, you know, and so in, in trying to explain to him, okay, like that's not okay, right? You're like, what you're doing right now isn't okay. And I've, I've used different means of, of explaining that to him. I've, I've explained to him that, uh, and I've talked to him about the fact that if he, if he acts like that, you know, I, I say, Miles, if, if when I, if I get something, if Pastor Marshall, who's my boss, by the way, I tell him, you know, if he, if he tells me that something to do that I don't want to do, and I respond in the way that you just responded, what do you think is going to happen? So I talked about it. I talked to him about it from a pragmatic standpoint of like, okay, you can't do that because one day you're going to have a job. You're going to live a life. You're going to be responsible for, for yourself and for people and probably a family. And, and so you can't act like that because you will lose your job if you act like that. But in my mind, I've known like that's not, that's not enough. Like it's not enough to simply come at something from a pragmatic standpoint. Do you guys understand what I mean when I say pragmatic? You guys understand what that means? So like you're, you're basically saying, okay, as you know, at the end of the day, it's going to, you know, this is what's going to happen, you know? So, so at the end of the day, if Miles doesn't learn to control himself and control his anger now, um, then at the end of the day, he's going to uh, have a problem because he's not going to be able to hold down a job. But, but the, the other, what I'm, what I'm not teaching him if I go that direction is that like right now today, you also have an obligation to obey and honor God. And, and something that I've been more recently um, trying to really enforce with, with him and other children as well is that – is and asking them a question, okay, what is what you're doing right now? Are you honoring God in the way that you're responding? Um, and I like this this phrase, you know, because it's a great way of, of uh, like a – it's a mnemonic like, hey, I can remember that. Just two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing God. I mean, I've heard that for years. I heard that when I was a kid. Um you know, and and that's reality. And so, just trying to convey to him, like the importance, like okay, please God, why? Well, because the Bible says so. So what? Well, like what? What did? Okay, 
So the Bible tells me to, why do I have to do what the Bible says? You know, and so like, we've got to get to a different level with our, with our, I mean, I'm talking about raising kids. You guys aren't raising kids, right? <laughs> you know, but like we, we cannot, we cannot be satisfied with our children in a, Hey, do this and don't do this because you know, as long as you just do this and this and you stay in line and do what you're supposed to do, then, you know, by the time you're, you know, you, you turn 18, Hey, you, uh, you're going to have all your ducks in a row and you're going to look like you got, you got it, your act together, but nothing's happened here. There's not been any real hard change. So it's like, okay, so I've got to go deeper than, than just do this. Don't do this. Like why? Why is it important to obey God? Why is it that, I mean, at, at the heart level that I should desire to, to please God? Um, and so it's, it goes, it goes deeper than that, but, but pleasing God or pleasing yourself, it really is that simple. You know, we think about the number of choices that you make every single day, thousands, right? What kind of choices did you guys make today? You may not think you have a lot of choices, but you actually do. You made a lot of choices today. Like you woke up this morning. Okay. You made a choice. What, what kind of choice did you make when you woke up? Okay. So eventually you, you got up right now. You made a choice to either hit, hit the, the snooze, right? Go back to sleep or to actually boom. Hey, get up. Okay. Some of you, I'm sure chose differently. Um, but you made a choice right at that moment. That was your first choice of the day, right? You had no conscious choice before that. Um, you chose what else? What what did you choose after that? Come here. No, no, that was a big leap. Okay, <laughs> you made a different. You made a lot of choices in between your decision to get up this morning and your decision to come here. Okay, okay, but you decided like before even that, you decided to like whether to wear your slippers. To go to the bathroom or not, right? Carpet. Car- okay. okay, but you can still, I have carpet too. I still like to wear slippers sometimes. I, they're not slippers, they're wicked goods, but whatever. Uh, but I. That's an appropriate brand for us. Well, they were a gift from Pastor Marshall, so I think so. I think so. They're, they're LL Bean, wicked goods, and man, they are, they are wicked good. Oh man, those are, those are about the nicest, most comfortable. But it's the kind of thing you would never buy for yourself. I mean, at least I wouldn't. But anyway, um, they're really nice. So, uh, you know, you make the decision whether to put put on your wicked goods or not or to uh, go eat breakfast first before you take a shower or what to eat. I mean, what to eat for breakfast, right? Whether or not you did your Bible reading this morning. I mean, you made a hundred decisions probably this morning before you even walked out the door. Now, many of them are not conscious decisions. You're not sitting there, well, this or this. I mean, what to wear, what to eat, what order to do things. I mean, tons and tons of decisions. Um, and and some are some decisions that we make are, um, what's the term? Inconsequential uh, in terms of whether they please God or not. You know, God, you know, whether you eat a bagel for breakfast or... Um, I don't know, something that's close to a bagel toast. Well, but there might be, okay, so, but like a muffin, you know, I mean, a muffin might be, to fight, yeah, I mean, if you, if you eat a muffin, 
that and and cake it in butter and like you're talking about like a big muffin okay well that i mean uh, you know i mean i don't know that might that might be a dis- i'm not saying it's going to please uh displease god necessarily but there might be a difference i'm just trying to I'm, yeah i mean there there could be a a, po- a point you know at that point but you know for the most part you know if you eat a bowl of okay if you eat a bowl of uh of rice krispies or of rice checks for right. breakfast okay huh no, uh, no grape nuts, grape nuts grape for Pastor Marshall, which is, he is, I don't know, for some reason he's a horse for breakfast every morning. I don't understand it, but like, he becomes a horse and then he turns back into a pastor. But um, I don't know why he eats that stuff, but he does. If you ever want to get on his good side, buy him a box of grape nuts. Uh, I've done it before after a, after a big, big boo-boo or thing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> So yeah, get him a, get him an industrial sized box of grape. Get him an Amazon package of like twelve boxes of grape nuts for Christmas or something. Oh yeah, man, he. They're awful. I mean, they're just it's it's like eating it's like eating cardboard. I mean, like these hard little brown balls, but they're not really like granola. No, it's like like wheat. It's imagine going out, but they're and he eats it like yeah, yeah. He eats like every he eats it like every yeah. He eats it like every morning, and I'll be like, hey, I'm stopping at Bojangles on the way, and you want anything? No, I ate. All right, cool. Well, there's milk and and there's no grapes and no nuts. It makes absolutely no sense. He doesn't like grape nuts, but it's like his his thing. He's like trying to get closer to God through trial. Maybe, maybe. Trial of grape nuts every morning. A trial of grape. (laughs) So we make a lot of decisions even before we walk out the door, right? Whether to eat grape nuts or not. And, you know, Pastor Marshall chooses to please God in his choice to have grape nuts and afflict himself. So, um, yeah, you know, we, there, there's, a, there's a lot of, there's, I mean, we probably make um, in, in the thousands of decisions every single day, at least a thousand, maybe more, and probably in the tens of thousands in a week or a month. So, again, I'm not saying that, I mean, you, you would handicap yourself if every inconsequential decision that you make, you labor over. That is not what we're suggesting. But what we are suggesting, what he is suggesting, is that you, uh, you consider, you know, who, who, are, who, who am I, who do I spend the most time trying to please, God or myself? Do most of my decisions go through? What what kind of filter do the majority of my decisions go through? Pleasing God or pleasing self? So, all right, let's get through some of these notes here. Um, we talked about the the, the the quote there. Obviously, we've said leadership is influence. Um, you know, but but if you're doing the same kind of things, making the same kinds of choices that everyone else around you makes every single day then how well are you leading? Probably not very well, right? Um, you know, what, what, do we, what do we usually base our choices on? What kinds of things do you guys base your choices on? What I feel like. Okay, yeah. Based on, okay, well, I, I feel like this, so 
What else? Oh, did you have something you wanted to share with the group? <laughs> I don't want to. I didn't want to not give you the opportunity. We're not. We're out of time, I guess. Yeah. All right. Um, so, what what kinds of things do you base your decisions on? Okay. Yeah, this is what everybody else is doing. I mean, guys, think about like. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with like having clothing that is re- reasonably, you know, cultural, you know, as long as it's modest and pleases God. But, but like, um, you think about the way that our culture works in terms of clothing and dress. Like, all it takes is one mainline celebrity wearing something that looks absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> and everybody wants to wear it. I mean, a couple months ago, these big, these big hats, right? Have you oh, seen the, yes, the baseball, football hats, you know, yeah, yeah. that are like this big? Josh Allen. Okay. And, I mean, I don't know. Do people, have normal people started wearing those yet? Is that like a thing? Don't think that's. Oh, it's, it's probably just at the football games, and that's not normal people. So. Well, fair. <laughs> um, but you think about stuff like that. I mean, the 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 way that the, the cultural, you know, clothing lines and all that kind of stuff, it it shifts. You know, all the stuff that it was is popular today is what was popular. The basically the same exact stuff that was popular when when Brother Casey and I were were little were little buibas. Okay, uh, I mean it's the. The, the big, massive pants, you know, the mom jeans, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that was like, that was it. You know, and for years, you see pictures of, of people in the 90s and you think, they look so, I mean, for all, through all the 2000s, you know, it was like, you look at people from, pictures from people in the 90s and you think, they look so, I mean, just absolutely ridiculous, okay? I mean, look so dumb. And now it's like, oh yeah, they're pretty up, you know? I mean, they're like, they're with it. They're yeah, yeah, it's all it all comes around. You guys know that. My but, mom has Converse from when she was like a teenager. Yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly. A perfect example of of something that like no, like believe me, nobody. When I was a kid, hardly anybody wore those things. Okay, that was like your parents. That, that older than you. When she was a teenager, you were like my mom had my mom. No, had I, right. I'm just saying, like, but because they were popular in the like late '70s, early '80s, and stuff. I mean, there wasn't a second thought about it. No, yeah. no. Um, yeah, so I mean, that, that just, the, the, but they come around, you know, now everybody I feel works. I'm like trying to bring back the 2000s. Pink, I'm sorry, pink is ugly. I hate pink so much. Ooh. Cool. All right, so um, good leadership is going to require being willing to make choices that are different from other people. Let me say it again. Good leadership is going to require being willing to make choices that are different from everyone else. Okay, um, and Collier makes several several points in this regard. Okay, uh, he says first, I must make personal personal choices that please God. Okay, that's your blank there. I must make personal choices that please God. So this is in, the ter- in terms of your you yourself. Okay, the decisions that you make. Okay, and this is basically what we've been talking about. Am I pleasing God with this decision, or am I pleasing myself? And he's got a number of verses there. I must challenge the wrong choices of others. This is what the, what uh, Kevino mentioned. You know, the, the whole idea of 
of being willing to confront. You know, Galatians 6, 1, uh, if a brother is overtaken to fault, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. How does it say we should do that? Uh, not quite. I'll read it here. Galatians 6, 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. I believe the King James is a spirit of meekness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. So there's several things at play here. Doing it, you have to do it the right way. You have to restore them in a spirit of what? Gentleness, of meekness, kindness, graciousness, not coming at them and saying, I can't believe you're doing this. Why would you act that way? You, you fool, you know, you're being uh, an absolute imbecile, whatever. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. Um, in a spirit of gentleness. And he also says you should do what? Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Recognize that you are not above that temptation as well. See that, and that's why you do it in that spirit. Because you're not, you're not sitting there saying, hey, I'm so much better than you. You know, I mean, I can't believe and we'll talk about that as well. He talks about that in the next chapter, but challenging the wrong choices of others and instruct young but growing Christians in right choices. I thought that was an interesting, um, you know, an interesting way of putting it. But we're talking about discipleship, talking about mentoring. We're talking about coming alongside people, bringing them along and saying, hey, you know what? You know, how, how can I help you? What can I, how, how can, can we meet together? Can we do a Bible study together? Can we do truth or myth together? Okay. Can we go through a book together? There's all kinds of things that you can do and kind of say, Hey, come along, come alongside somebody like that. Um, he says, godly leaders make God pleasing choices and encourage others to do the, to do likewise. That's the main idea of the whole thing. And I fear a lot of time we, we have the opposite effect on the people around us. Um, we, we, we don't, um, make God pleasing choices. And we don't, and we certainly don't encourage others to do likewise. We, one of the, one of the ideas that I think when I was a teenager was often said was that when you, like when you walk into the room, does the level of the room go up or does the level of the room go down? You guys know what I mean by that? Not the like volume. What, what do I mean? What am I talking about? Does the level of the room go up? Like quality. Okay, quality. So when you walk in a room, is it is it a situation where if people are talking about and doing things they shouldn't be doing, that it's like, oh, we we probably can't, we shouldn't do that now, because they're you know, they're not gonna like that. Or is it, hey, come on, let's let's go. Like you're, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna add to this, right? I mean, they know that you're going to be part of it and you're, you're probably gonna, you know, so the, the question being like, what, what, what kind of contribution are you making to, to a room? Um, are you leading in that way? And there's no shame in that. You know, there's no shame. in if you, if you come in a room and people stop talking, you should be, you should be thankful for that, you know? Because they were talking about something they knew. Should they, hey, number one, those people, they knew that, that what they were talking about, they shouldn't have been talking about in the first place. Okay. But number two, it, it shows that they have a level of respect for you. And they appreciate you enough to say, you know what, they're not going to, they're not going to like that. You know, we're going to, we respect, they, they respect you enough to do that. 
But but I fear a lot of times we have the opposite effect where we take the room to a different place where it shouldn't be. And um, there's a challenge for us. Different attitudes and actions as well. Number one, God's word is our final authority. Uh, hopefully that's obvious that, that the word of God is the ultimate authority. It's where we, where we start and end. Um, so he, he makes several points here. Pa- actions based on past, per- past experience are not wise. You know, past performance is not a guarantee of future results. You'll see that on investing stuff. You know, <laughs> you just just because it used to work, just because it's worked up to this point, just because it's always worked, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. Does not guarantee that it's going to work in, in the future and going forward. Actions based on past experience are not wise. Actions based on natural reasoning. You know that. Um, we, we think through things and we say, okay, well, hey, I mean, this makes logical sense to me that this would be the case. All right? Well, that's not always going to be a trustworthy way of thinking about things. He uses the example of uh, Abraham in Genesis 13, going down to Egypt. There's famine in the land. He goes down to Egypt. He uses the example of in Genesis 16 with his, uh, you know, Je- uh, uh, Abraham sleeps with his uh, wife's handmaid in order to try to pro- provide an heir. You know, he says, well, God's not doing what, I'm, what, what I need to have happen, what, I, what he's promised me to do. So I'm just going to have to, I got to take care of it myself. All right? I got to handle this myself. Um, you know, th- something that, that, again, both of those situations, going down to Egypt because there was a famine, um, sleeping with his handmaids, uh, or his wife's handmaid, those, those things in that particular culture, you know, they, those things made sense. It made logical sense, okay? But that was both, in both cases, he was stepping outside of God's intended will uh, for his life. So, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 are verses you all know, I hope. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your what? Own understanding, okay? Thinking, okay, I'm not saying don't think, okay? <laughs> yes, think, but, but our ultimate source is, is obviously the Word of God. And then actions based on watching others. Um, somebody look up 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Somebody look that up, please. Yeah, thank, thank you. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. I mean, I think I, this kind of goes without saying, I think, right? Like, just because other people are doing it, especially in our day and culture, that obviously does not make it right. Right? Um, what does 2 Corinthians 10, 12 say? Yeah, thank you. So I remember when we came came to that verse in um, Sunday school, and be like, man, like what, what in the world is this verse talking about? Comparing themselves among among themselves, among themselves, and all this stuff. I, but the, but they are what? By doing that, they are not wise. There's not wisdom in that. Comparing yourself to others, um, Paul in Galatians one uh, ten, he says. Um, Basically, like, you know, is it my aim to please man or to please God? Right? Am I here to please man or please God? If I was here to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ, he says. It's just not why I'm here. Um, And so just because other people do it or other people think it's right, 
doesn't mean that it's right for us. We still have to ask the question, okay, am I pleasing God or am I pleasing myself? Turn, turn, everybody go ahead and turn to John chapter 15. Look at this together. John 15. I know that ho- hopefully you read this, but I'm assuming you probably didn't actually look at the verses. But John 15, verses 12 through 16. Um, you know, we are, we've already looked at a different type of love a few weeks ago. We are, we're commanded to love. I think it was maybe even last week we, we looked at that. Um, but we lead in love as well. And so the question is, how, how do we carry out that love based on the example of Christ? John 15, 12. Jesus speaking here. He says, this is my commandment that you do what? Love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know that his ma- what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he would give it. He may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. So he he points out that the extent of his friendship is sacrificial love. I think you have some blanks on this as well. Let's see. Yeah, the extent of his friendship is sacrificial love. He gets that from verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, than that someone lay down his life for his friends. Uh, who did Jesus lay down his life for? Yeah. Jesus didn't just lay down his life. I mean, nobody has greater love than for someone who is willing to give up their life to sacrifice themselves for a friend. But Jesus gave up his life for people, the people who slapped him in the face. He gave up his life for the people that put him on the cross. So I dare say that there's not anybody that's even going to come close to that kind of, of hatred despising of us. And so there's nobody that we can't, that we have any excuse not to love. Um, the effect of his friendship, of his friendship is change. Um, yeah, I did not put the uh, verses on there, so I'm sorry about that. But he asked the question, what, what observable effect is my friendship having on my friends? Is there, I mean, are, my, are the people that I am friends with, are they better off or worse off because I'm their friend? It's a good question. The expression of his friendship is intimacy. He says by this, he means that love, love and appreciation. How, how are you expressing that love and appreciation for your friends? The initiative of his friendship is his love. He is the one who does it. He is the one that initiates the love. We love him because what? First he first loved us. Okay, We didn't start it. He took the first step. He made the first move. He doesn't wait to be loved. Don't we often see our friendships like that and the people that we're, that we're trying to lead? We say, well, I mean, if they, I mean, if they want to show appreciation to me, then I'll show appreciation to them. I mean, but I'm not going to give it unless I get it. We may not say it in those exact words, but we're not going to, we're not going to, I'm not going to give it out if you're not giving me anything. 
We kind of think of it that way. Um, he initiated that. He was willing to take that first step. He, he loved in spite of the fact that he knew that many would never love him back. And the goal of his friendship is fruitfulness. Okay, how am I helping my friend to realize his potential? Okay, what what are what are, what benefits have my have, have 